Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with hair and makeup artist Aaron Falstad. Aaron has worked with clients such as ESPN, Major League Baseball, Nike, and the Today Show, to name a few. She has done hair and makeup on everyone from Kanye West to Kim Kardashian, Tom Petty, and John Hamm, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Aaron about how she got into working as a hair and makeup artist, her experience working on dozens of ESPN The Body Issue shoots, as well as what she's doing to prepare for productions moving forward to stay safe and take precautions due to COVID-19. Photo productions are a team effort, so I was really excited to finally get a chance to speak with a hair and makeup artist to get a better understanding of their approach and perspective on the photo business. So I hope you enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. Boom. All right. Well, Aaron Spalstad, welcome to the podcast. Excited to have you. First time makeup artist. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Um, how's like the last couple months been for you? I know like everyone in the photo business and basically every business aren't working right now pretty much. Like how the last couple of months, months been for you? Like what have you been doing with your time, I guess? Um, I am a homeschool teacher, which is a job I never expected to have yeah um but you know still trying to keep my skills sharp and um still watching tons of youtube videos and industry videos attending webinars on how to keep my kit as clean as possible how to keep my talent as safe as possible if when when i do get back onto a set so just trying to stay relevant every way i can yeah, it's been interesting times. Like, have you been kind of keeping in contact with some of your like uh, regular clients? Like, um, have you been talking to them? What's kind of the word on the street in terms of production? Have you been hearing anything kind of starting to get going at all? Or I'm hearing a lot of uh, drone shoots. Yep. Because it's the smallest footprint possible. I'm hearing small footprint over and over and over again. And I know that that's code for no hair and makeup or stylist. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I'm, I'm confident that we will get back onto a set before too long. And um, but yeah, it's super scary times right now. And it's it's it doesn't feel good. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I guess like when I was thinking about it, I was like hair and makeup artists, you actually work even closer to the talent than the actual photographer does. Like you're doing like you said, you're touching their faces, you're doing their hair and makeup and all that. So it's like, yeah, it's uh yeah, what have you been reading? Like, what are some like precautions you think you're gonna have to take going forward in this kind of new reality? I guess. Well, um, we I've been in touch with quite a few producers, and I've gone ahead and I've bought a full face shield. Yeah. Um, I bought the gloves. Um, some some photographers and producers are so intent on making talent and clients feel comfortable that they actually want us to wear disposable gowns. Oh wow that um, almost look like a a surgery nurse when we do the hair and makeup. Um, I have, I have doubts about the quality of makeup that could be done if I'm under five layers of, of gear. And, you know, a lot of times we work in really hot environments or really cold environments. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about that for sure, but I have bought everything that, um, you know, producers and photographers have asked for. And I've also changed part of my kit so that I can have more individual um, makeup for a talent. And I've always been big on sanitation, but my my way of keeping it more, um, more sanitary and more uh, I can't think of the word. Sorry. Oh, so it's more like kind of disposable. Like you're going to use, yeah. use it for this one person and then it's just theirs and you're done with it. And you move on to the next. Yeah. And everything's disposable and everything is individualized so that there will be absolutely no double dipping. Um, not that there was before, but just yeah, yeah, yeah. taking all those precautions. No, that's smart. Yeah. I just got an email uh, last week from Smashbox and they had like a whole PDF they sent out uh, for both LA and New York and they kind of broke it down. Like even for their studio, anybody going in the studio has to get a temperature check. If you don't have a mask, they'll give it to you. And they said they're going to like clean any surface in the studio every 30 minutes, which I was like, well, that's going to be a lot of work in itself. Um, So yeah, yeah, it's new. I'm sorry. We're already so pressed for time on a set anyway, that that's, that's my biggest fear is that 
we now have to take into account a uh, three to five minute dry time once we do sanitize every surface yeah. between every single talent, sanitize everything. Um, we're just going to have to add more time to the front and the back of getting talent ready. I think I, th- I think a lot of it, they might have to like, because as you know, a lot of these shoots, they're trying to do like advertising, it'd be 30, 40 shots in a shoot. So it's like, realistically, I think they're going to have to cut down on some of that just to like, like you said, like this new reality of like new procedures you're going to have to do. I think, I mean, maybe that's one way around it. I don't know. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting, but one foot in front of the other, I think we'll get through it. Hopefully I'm saying I'm staying positive. Um, <laughs> but I guess like to go back, like where do you grow up? Like, have you always been interested in like doing makeup and hair and stuff? Or like, how did that kind of all start for you? Um, I grew up in a really small town in Indiana. Um, I grew up in Canby. And when I was 17, I moved to Mooresville, which is another small town. But um, my mom actually worked for Eli Lilly, which owned Elizabeth Arden in the 80s. Um, Are you familiar with Elizabeth Arden? It's a cosmetics company. No, but I am now. Okay. Yeah. She's kind of a famous uh, uh, makeup artist gal. So um, my mom would, when she worked for Elizabeth Arden, she would just come home with boxes and boxes of makeup and perfumes. And, uh, you know, it never got old to me opening the makeup and just all the array of colors. And um, I think I started to understand at a young age, the transformative power of makeup and how you can take one face and then make it look completely different just by using these products. So um, I did go to a four-year university. I went to Miami of Ohio. And and then I tried to work in an office environment for a while and it just didn't work out very well for me. It was not a good fit. What what did you go to school for? Were you kind of majoring in uh, Miami University? I was an English major. I had a double major in creative writing and literature. What do you think you're going to do? Like, did you kind of have like any goals in mind? Like when you think back to like your time in in, uh, college, like what did you think you're going to do after school? I mean, I really, I I really wanted to be an English professor and, um, and I just didn't. And I ended up working at an ad agency in Chicago as a copywriter. Okay. And, um, and then I switched from copywriting to account services and, uh, I worked at three different agencies as an account manager and I would go on these photo shoots and I would just find myself gravitating to the makeup artists and seeing again, this kit and all these colors and all these things that you could do. And I just, you know, I got, actually got laid off from the last um, ad agency. And I said to my husband, you know, would you, would you still love me if I was a hairdresser? And he said, Oh, of course. And I said, what if I was a makeup artist? And he's like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> what is it? And um, so anyway, he's a very supportive guy. And um, I went to his, uh, makeup school in Los Angeles. Okay. I uh, just really had an incredible string of luck meeting producers and uh, people in the industry while I was there. And I basically just started working immediately. Um, I took every job I could get. And I'm actually located in San Diego, but I would drive back and forth between San Diego and Los Angeles daily, sometimes weekly. And um, the first job I ever got was $50. And it was for a documentary on VH1 about drummers. And and my talent was Questlove. Oh, wow. No pressure. And I was like, oh, this Hollywood thing is so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I got this. (laughs) Um, and then I started uh, working with some of the crew from Comedy Central. We did a bunch of pilots, and um, I don't think one of them made it to air, and they never got greenlit. But, um, yeah, I just got my foot in the door and MTV after that. So I just – I really was very fortunate, and I've always been a very hard worker, and I try to be an easy person to be on a set. Like, if yeah. I see somebody that needs help, it's not in my department. I'm going to go ahead and help them. I'll do whatever I can. And like, like you said, like you left the ad agency and you kind of, you went to school for like learning more about makeup artists, artistry and stuff. Would you feel like that was like beneficial? Cause like up to that point, you just kind of, kind of did it yourself, maybe did it on friends or family, help them out. Was like going through that program, did it kind of take your skills to the next level you think? I, I, I don't know any, I really don't think skill wise, it was very helpful at all to be honest with you. But I think sanitation wise, it mm-hmm. was crucial they they 
drilled it into our head that you have to keep your talent safe. You can give them herpes. You can give people pink eye. You can make them very sick if you do not properly sanitize all of your kit. And so, you know, the COVID thing is terrible, but in some ways people that have been to makeup school and they've had that drilled into their head, were kind of like, well, yeah, you know, this is, yeah. This you've, is been con- you've been washing your hands constantly for years. <laughs> yeah, I know. So you gotta- yeah. I've always taken it very seriously and I've always been insured. I've always, um, it's always been a primary concern of mine. And did you know you wanted to do work on like productions, be it still or video productions? Cause like some makeup artists might work like internally at like some, I don't know, a salon or someplace like that. Maybe there's probably a lot of avenues you could work as a makeup artist. Um, but did you kind of always know you wanted to work on photo shoots and things like that? I you know, I didn't. Um, I started out because uh, my husband and I wanted to start a family. And I thought that if I did wedding makeup, yep. I could still uh, make some money and yet have the time with my family. So my initial intention was actually to do wedding makeup. <laughs> did you end up doing some weddings? I did 47 weddings in one year. Wow. And, and then I retired. You got any good wedding stories? So I've, I've done wedding photography, not so much lately, but I did for years. And that is like, as you know, walking to and every family dynamic is like completely different. Like you can walk in like people are getting along. Then you got the family sort of just arguing with you with each other and everyone's got their opinion about how their makeup is. And I've seen I've seen the makeup artists because like the people are like, I, I don't I don't like this color. I don't like that color. And it's like it's a lot of pressure. Like, do you feel like you learned anything from those experiences? Um, it's definitely more of a psychological, um, trip than it is a makeup trip. I, I feel like the hairdressers were always the ones that got abused rather mm-hmm. than the makeup artists. Yeah. But the, my funniest story I think is there was a bride and it's pretty obvious to me now that she shouldn't have been marrying this guy. Oh man. And she started, <laughs> she started to have a panic attack while I was doing her makeup. And she just looked at me and she held my hands and she said, you're the only one I trust right now. And she had a wedding party of 12 people. Yeah. And she said, I need you to ride in the limo with me to the church. Holy shit. And I said, um, okay, but it's going to cost you. And she said, that's fine. That's fine. And so, yeah, me and the 12 bridesmaids, I, I just left my stuff at the hotel and I got in the limo and we were all in the limo together and I was holding her hands And then, um, you know, I was in the church with her holding her hands until the minute she walked down the aisle. But um, I don't know if they're still married, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any bets on it. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure, like you said, and like a big part of this business, as you know, because like every, every production you're working on, you're working with different people, different personalities. Do you feel like you kind of always had that confidence and like, were you really good at like communicating with different people? Or do you feel like you kind of built confidence the more you did it you think just kind of being able to interact with all these different personalities um I I think I've always been pretty good at interacting with whoever um dealing with a lot of naked people on the ESPN shoots taking it to a new level yeah (laughs) but um but yeah I think I I think it's always sort of been a skill set of mine yeah I I, I don't mean to brag I just you at you know you enjoy talking to people it's like That's like, that's half the fun of this business, like working on all these photo shoots. It's like, everyone is this interesting. Sometimes you get talent that are funny, you get people that are difficult, you get people that are this really interesting. So I think for me, as a photographer, I would imagine a makeup artist too, because sometimes you're getting to spend a good amount of time just putting their makeup on, you get to hear interesting stories a bit. And my other crew members, I'll, I'll, you know, leave, I'll be done and I'll go to the stylist and be like, that guy was involved in a four-year cult. Yeah. Now he's got a podcast about it. And they're always like, how do you find this out? How do you know? Yeah. Just ask a million questions. I'm a very curious person. Yeah. So it's, um, that, that comes in handy, having that kind of curiosity. And do you feel like that's like part of your job is like being able to put people at ease? Like you said, like you had that bride and you're kind of helping her out. Um, and then you work on these like ESPN shoots where people are naked or whatever a shoot might be. And people might be nervous because like might be their first time modeling or might be their first time doing a big shoot like that. Is Do you feel like that's kind of part of your job as a makeup artist to kind of set the tone, kind of make people relax if you can? I would say it's 75% of my job. Yeah. Honestly, it's, yeah. it's a really big part is making the talent feel comfortable before they go to set. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, no, it, it's a huge part of it. And yeah. I've had assistants over the years who are fabulous makeup artists, but they have absolutely no people skills. And um, even though, you know, they're, I just end up having them wash my brushes and clean my kit because I can't have them interacting <laughs> with the talent because the talent gets so uncomfortable. Oh yeah, I definitely as a photographer because I work with a lot of different assistants. And I used to, I had a one buddy and he wasn't like a photography person, but he was great with people and he could like help me out move and stuff. And I would just hire him because I knew he would just bring like a energy to the set and it worked every time. And that's like half the reason I hired him just because he had that personality and it would like put people at ease. And that's like such a skill, I think, for what we do, you know? Yeah, I actually got a call a couple years ago. It's just so random, but it was with, um, I'm not going to say his name, he's a very famous uh, music producer in Los Angeles, and they were doing a huge family photo shoot for his family, and the photographer's assistant called me and said, we don't need you to do hair and makeup, we just need you to be there. Wow. And we need you, <laughs> we need you to like come up with a playlist and uh, like just kind of like wrangle everyone, keep everyone comfortable because we heard that you're really good at that. All right. And so, and I was like, well, I, um, what, okay. What do, you, what do you call that job? Like mood, mood, mood setter? <laughs> yeah. I know. It, it never ended up working out. They couldn't get the dates right. But I was like, well, this is a new one. I've never heard of just being there to set a vibe. But. That's awesome. That's a good call to get. Yeah. Cause yeah. I was looking at your Instagram and there was one post you made. Um, it was one of the body issues. It was like a rock climber and the woman had a bunch of tattoos and a prosthetic leg. And the interesting thing you said in the post was like, Hey, if you want to work in this business, like you kind of got to put your ego aside. Like if people want you to do stuff that's like quote unquote out of your job realm, like, like you said, like you're, I think you were like tying somebody's shoe or this doing these other things. And that you feel like this going the extra mile for people and doing stuff that's kind of out of your job title that kind of helps you and kind of, helps you kind of grow I guess and that's why people want to work with you pretty much I hope so I, yeah. I would like to think so yeah I've had a lot of the same clients for over 10 years so I, you know that's good just yeah, like chip something right yeah just chip in where you can like yeah. if people need help here this it's all as you know like in these big productions it's like 20 30 people and it's like yes if everyone's working together and getting along it's a yes. good time the end product's good because I'm sure you've been on those shoots where it's like the production is not good and then people are stressed out and yeah. it's just like by the end of the week everyone's like let's get the hell out of here yes totally I, I try to avoid those if I find the same crew like comes back for another shoot I, I will say no yeah yeah no definitely um and like when you're first starting out like how are you kind of marketing yourself to clients like that's one thing I was kind of interested as like as a makeup artist are you marketing yourself to like the, the magazines, the photographers, the producers, or like, how do you kind of approach that aspect of your business? Um, that's a really good question. I'm terrible at marketing. If anyone is listening right now and you need a project, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe Alex will put my info at the end of this. Definitely. I definitely need, uh, my Instagram is tragic. It's, um, I'm terrible at following up with producers and photographers about getting, yeah. <laughs> getting pictures, but, um, I don't know. I just, I've, I've up until now, I've sort of always had enough work where it hasn't been a big problem and I don't have an agent. I, like, I don't know. I'm like the this kind of word, word of mouth. It's word of mouth. I'm that's, the word of mouth of makeup. I swear. That's, that's the best type of marketing right there. Word of mouth. Like people, that's, that's how you, that's how you do it. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, that's um, but I, you know, what happened is I, I found a makeup artist in Los Angeles who went to the same school that I did. The, it's called the makeup designery in Burbank. And, um, I basically just hounded her. I hounded her and hounded her, asked her if I could assist her. And she was the one that gave me the quest love job. Mm -hmm. And so I did a good job on that. And then she started giving me more work. And from there it sort of snowballed, mm -hmm. um, so again, I just got really lucky and show up on time, do a good job. Yeah. Let's keep Turn it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. I like it. Yeah. Um, and you know, one thing I was kind of interested about being like a, uh, you do makeup, then you do like hair. And does that mean do you, do you cut hair or it's more just kind of like adjusting on set little things or how do you balance? Cause do some people do hair and makeup? Some people only do makeup. Like how's that aspect of the job work? 
Um, I do hair and makeup. Yeah. I do not have my license to work in a salon, but okay. in, um, you don't have to have a license to work on a set. Okay. So I don't cut, I, I will cut hair. I'm not, but I'm not licensed to do it. Okay. Um, but I will style it for a shoot um, and then do all the touch-ups. Um, but yes, yeah, some people are just primarily hair. Some people are primarily makeup. Mm -hmm. And you usually say makeup first, hair second. That's how I would describe myself. But some hairdressers would say hair first, makeup second. Okay. And that's how you kind of present yourself to production. No, it's interesting. And do you feel like within like being a makeup artist, is there like certain niches? Like, is there like some people that only work on this type of photo shoot and this makeup artist only works on this style of stuff or are there certain niches like in the way that like a photographer um some people shoot fashion some some people their expertise is shooting product is it any similarities in that aspect of like what you do or is, is it more kind of broad approach to makeup artistry i guess i think some incredibly talented makeup artists are really good with those super tight shots of beauty um just completely perfect um, you know, where, where you do have two hours with the talent. Yeah. Um, and so they get a name for themselves for being really amazing at that. The, t the type of stuff that I tend to work on here in San Diego is looser. It's, they're not as tight as shots. They want a more natural lifestyle look. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think by the work that you are offered, that's what kind of puts you into the niche, but we all want to work and we'll all, you know, as long as it pays our rate, we'll most about just about anything yeah make make everyone look good yeah that's cool and uh do you feel like it kind of took you a while to kind of find your like creative approach to like what you do like do you feel like um the longer you've done it you've gotten better this being that you work on different types of people and whatnot i think so um yeah how could you not it's like your ten thousand hours mm. malcolm gladwell said it's just doing something over and over again and um, it was about five years ago, I, I did somebody's face and I was like, I can tell if, if you put that person in a lineup with five other people, I would be able to tell that I did their face. Like I okay. have, a, I've developed kind of like a look, I think makeup yeah. wise. And it's always, I have a very natural aesthetic. I want people to just look like the best version of themselves. I'm probably not the person who's going to do like, you know lady gaga yeah 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 I, I can do it it's just i would rather do a more natural aesthetic no, no that makes sense it's interesting and i noticed i was looking at you i checked out your linkedin aaron um it oh, says you, no. <laughs> oh, no. i do my research um, <laughs> it says you do airbrushing um yeah. what is what does that entail i actually don't know much about it um what is that kind of uh skill set i guess so airbrushing is um it's a compressor and it's it's like auto detailing basically um it's a compressor about this big okay and my airbrush machine only goes up to like 100 psi's i think and usually i just need my do you know about the psi yeah 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 you keep it pretty low just to do a face but there's never been a better time to to know how to do airbrush because it is the most hygienic way of applying makeup and I've oh. been doing it for 14 years. So oh, interesting. So that's how you apply makeup. It's like, yes. so is it like a, cause when I think of makeup, I think of like the little like plastic or like glass cases, there's makeup in there. There's like the booklets that open. So with the airbrush, it's just kind of. Well, yeah, I do. I do all of it, all of it, but I usually apply foundation with my airbrush machine. It mm -hmm. gives a really natural look. Um, the type that I use is silicone based. And okay. so it does, it absorbs sweat pretty well. Yep. Um, and it just is a really beautiful finish. It polishes the diamond, as we say. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And one thing I was kind of curious about, you've been doing this for a while, has like the makeup, like, I guess like the technology of it changed at all. Like I was researching a little bit. There's like some makeup companies, they're all about being like organic or environmental friendly. Have yeah. you seen just the products you use? Do they constantly change the, as long as you've been doing this, I guess? It's really overwhelming how many products are out there. And I think any makeup artist would feel the same way. I mean, it's oh, so many and, you know, everybody wants you to use their stuff. I'm actually not endorsed by anybody, which is great in some ways because I'm not beholden to okay. write reviews, but it's also bad because nobody's sending me boxes and boxes of stuff. Interesting. So. I didn't realize so makeup art, a lot of makeup artists like in the production world have like sponsorships with oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
All right. Interesting. I didn't even know that. People have tried. They've they've asked me if I want to be like a brand ambassador, and I just feel like I wouldn't. It wouldn't be authentic, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't want to feel beholden to write a review about something that I didn't necessarily like. Like I always try to come from a very authentic place, and it's just never seemed like a very authentic thing. Yep. But um, I don't. Maybe I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Maybe my thought will change on that. And I would imagine like you want the flexibility to use different brands because I'm sure certain products, this brand has a better, whatever this product is, is better than this person. So you can kind of mix and match a little bit, I I bet. Oh yeah. I use brands. I I use drugstore brands for some things and, you know, Tom Ford, which is super, super high end. Um, I will use anything. I, I really believe that every brand has at least one good product. And have you tried like any, like the like the organic or eco-friendly stuff do you feel yeah. like are they as good as like the other stuff or is there any like downside to using those types of things at all they're wonderful and amazing and yes there is a downside that there are no preservatives in them and they don't last as long and they start to smell bad oh damn i didn't even think of that that's, yeah, that's interesting. interesting yeah so that's that's the main like uh, if if they wanted to just send me boxes of stuff over and over um you know, maybe, maybe that would be something worth looking into, but it does start to smell and it doesn't last as long. Yeah. That makes, yeah, that makes sense. sense. Well, I'm hearing talk back now. What the heck happened? Um, sorry. Um, yeah. And I was interested in talking about you, but you've been doing the ESPN, the body issue. You've done a bunch of them. I was kind of curious, like how that relationship started. Um, Cause you looks like you've gotten to do some really interesting ones. You got been out in the desert. You've been on an ice rink. You've gotten like rock climbing, you name it. You guys have done some interesting stuff, but how did that kind of relationship start? Um, it started in 2015. I got a, an email introduction from a good friend of mine, Heather Smith, who's a producer here in San Diego. And she had been contacted by ESPN to find a makeup artist for a shoot on, on the beach. And I truly did not know that it was naked. <laughs> <laughs> Um, until I saw my husband and I said, I said, Oh, this is so cool. But ESPN, I'm going to do a shoot with them next week. It's for this thing called the body issue. And he's like, no way. And he's the biggest sports fan. He's like, that's so cool. He's like, you know, they're naked. Right. I'm like, what? That's <laughs> crazy. And so it was Todd Cleaver. He's okay. the, um, rugby. He, I think he was the captain of the U S rugby team. That was the first one that I ever did. And we did, we had a wrap party that night or dinner and the producer who's Kristen Geisler and now she's with the New York times. Yep. She said, you know, I, I feel like today went really well. Um, would you like to go on another shoot the day after tomorrow to, um, Humboldt County, like way, way up North in California. She said, we're going to do an archer. And I said, yes. Cause so it was, I a, it was it, another part of the body issue. Yeah. And Richard Fibbs actually shot both of them. Okay. And then um, we were in the airport for le- leaving Eureka, Humboldt County. And Kristen looks at me again. And she's like, do you want to do another one? <laughs> do you want to do another shoot in two days? It's like way, way, way out in the desert past San Diego. Yeah. We're going to do a heptathlete. And I said, yes. Wow. So, yeah. So within, you know, a week or something, we did three shoots all over California. And um, yeah. What do you remember about like, was, were you like nervous going into that first one? Like, had you worked on like nude f- photography shoots at all prior to that? Or like, what do you kind of remember going into that first body issue, I guess? Well, like a lot of makeup artists at the beginning of my career, I did get tricked into a very inappropriate um, shoot yep. that I ended up leaving. And I think a lot of people have had the same thing happen, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some weirdos out there. Yeah, so it wasn't the first time I'd seen someone nude on a set, but it definitely was, it was such a different environment. It was so professional and it was so, you know, we really tried everything that we could to make him feel comfortable. We always have a robe or a towel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and, and the quality of Richard Fibbs' work. I mean, he's a legend. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. And I really enjoyed working with him. I've never... I had never up until that point worked with a photographer who was so interested in collaboration. Yeah. Really truly cared about what I thought of the pictures he was taking. Um, what the, his assistant, what the, the 
I mean, it was just such an incredibly collaborative environment that I was like, wow, this is amazing. And, and yeah. I knew Richard's reputation. I knew his work. So that was really exciting for me. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Like uh, like you said, it was like collaboration. Do you, being that you work with like a lot of different photographers, do you enjoy that input? Because like maybe this person has this idea for this color of like or lipstick or whatever. Do you kind of enjoy that collaboration? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I never get offended if people have notes for me because I know that we, you know, nobody, we're all working as a team and they want to just make the best picture that they can. And I have to trust that their, their opinion is just as important as mine. So I, I don't have an ego on a set. I just, I am like, okay, yes, I, I might not, I might tailor whatever they want to what I want to, but then again, you're collaborating. No, that's smart. That's interesting. And like looking back at like all the body issues you worked on, is there one that kind of sticks out in particular that you enjoyed the most? Maybe because it's somewhere you got to travel with or just the, the person you guys were photographing, you learned something from like when you look back at all the ones you've done, is there one that kind of sticks out more than others you think? Yeah, they all have been really cool. Um, I mean, the Michelle Watterson was so memorable because we flew into Albuquerque and we stayed in Santa Fe and then we had to drive four hours north to the Vistai Badlands, yep. which is, you know, up by the four corners. And in, in the time period that we got up in the morning and then we ended up shooting around too, it rained, it was sunny, it snowed, there was hail. <laughs> um, the grip truck got completely stuck in the mud. We'd had no grip work. Um, so it, we, at one point we were like, we just can't do this. We might have to push it off till next week. And then the heavens parted and the sun came out and you know, we got some really incredible pictures. That's awesome. So that, that one was just, you know, the elements were so intense and all of our feet were so stuck in the mud that I was like, ah, I can't walk any further. Um, so yeah, that's the interesting thing about those body issues. They, it's not like you're just shooting in a studio. Sometimes they do, but like a lot of times I'm looking at one you did. Um, it's like in the desert. You photographed the athlete. I think her name's Scout Bassett. Um, oh, yeah. oh, my God. Scout is amazing. That was also shot by Richard Bibbs. That was last summer. Mm. She is uh, – uh, I get teary when I think of her. Um, if anybody doesn't know her story, look her up. She's such an inspiring – human being and the way that Richard shot her you know she looks like a giant yeah. she looks larger than life like she's this powerhouse but she is four feet nine inches tall oh wow yeah I wouldn't even looking at the picture I'm like yeah I wouldn't realize she's that short yeah it's amazing yeah she was malnourished in a, an orphanage in China and she never got the calories that she needed to grow okay so my 11 year old daughter is significantly taller than Scout wow <laughs> yeah She's, she's really an inspiration, but we shot that one, um, uh, like in the desert, uh, outside of Victorville, I think, um, okay. like Riverside County. Yep. It was just kind of this long stretch of, of salt flats. And it was, it was just such an inspiring day. It was so cool, but we do a lot of desert shoots and, um, we did, uh, Kirstie Ennis in Palm Springs, Oh, she was, was she the rock climber? She's a, yeah, she's a hiker. She's a Paralympian. Yeah. Yeah. She also, she, she was a military, um, in the Marines and she was in a helicopter crash and lost her leg. Yeah. Those photos came out amazing just cause like the location, her like tattoos and this, how everything kind of blended with the rocks. It was very, this, the design of everything came out really amazing. Yeah. Um, and when you're, yeah. And when you're working on these shoots, like, uh, what are some of the challenges? I think you mentioned it earlier, like you could be in the desert where it's 105 degrees out, or you could be in some like super cold location. Um, is shooting in like the heat harder with the makeup versus the cold? Or like, how do you, what are some of the challenges with those different locations, I guess? Well, I, I just find the heat scarier. Um, the Third, uh, Shantae McMillan, the one that we did out in El Centro, we actually had two people in our crew get heat stroke. Oh, wow. so they had, yeah, it was so hot. We only shot from like seven in the morning until 10 because by 10 o'clock, I think it was 108 degrees and the salt, the, the sand was just too hot for us to walk on. So, but still that's one of my favorite ones I've ever done with her flipping. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, this, the heat is a little scarier for me, but yes, we like Gus Kenworthy was one that we did on mammoth mountain mm-hmm. and he was such a trooper. We shot it at night at sunset and he, you know, these Olympians, they just go and they go and they go. You can't tell them to stop. And every time we say we're done, they're like, no, one more, I can do it better next time. So I love that mentality, but we actually got shut down by our location manager because she was so afraid that he was going to get frostbite. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah. Better safe than sorry, I guess. <laughs> uh, smart. It's good. It's good to have a, a person like that on set. Um, another thing I read, you bring a bag of dirt as part of your kit to yes. shoot. What, yeah. Cause like I was looking at some of your photos cause I guess a lot of times people think like, uh, makeup artists it's everything's beauty but it's not like you did a cool campaign for like i think it was craftsman craftsman tools yeah. it's like a guy working with tools and it's like gritty yeah. um so is that kind of like part of the kit that's why you kind of bring the dirt for like when have you when have you had to use the dirt so the dirt um the last time i used the dirt was last year in um when i did james henchcliffe who's an indie car driver mm-hmm. that was a really fun shoot for me because i'm from indie and um I went to my friend from high school's house and I was like, Hey, can I get some dirt from your yard? And so I put it in my Ziploc bag and, and then he, um, he saw when the body issue came out, he's like, I can't believe you used dirt from my yard and ESPN body issue, but I'll just kind of collect it from different places and sand. And usually I mix it with some Vaseline yep. because we're always trying to get some, you know, shine or get the light to hit things in certain ways. So it's like mm-hmm. different oil products. I'll mix it together. It's kind of fun, like being a little chemist. Oh, that's it. That must be an interesting conversation. It's like, okay, we're going to put some dirt on you now. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually uh, fine with it. Uh, really. Everybody's, the athletes are so cool. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's yeah. interesting. And uh, I noticed you got the, you got to work with Tom Petty on a shoot. Uh yeah legendary musician unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago but i was kind of curious what was that for and what was kind of your experience working with him that seems like a pretty cool job to work on that was really a, a highlight for me for sure that was for the warner brothers um it was a show that i think was being uh, i think it was a video for the canadian broadcast company mm-hmm. um and he was being interviewed by this this Canadian journalist who's like super, um, tough interviewer. No controversial. He actually had a real fall from grace. Oh, I know that guy. I've listened. I forget his name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Gian Gomeshi. So Gian, um, interviewed Tom and we shot that in Malibu at this beautiful house. I think it was the guy who's in Oingo Boingo. He has got this huge recording studio and, just hearing Tom Petty talk about his history and his songwriting process and who he admires as um, another musician. It was just, it was so amazing. It was so cool. And, you know, I, I told him when I was doing his makeup, I said, uh, you know, I'm from Indiana and I was in high school when you, when last dance of Mary Jane came out and all of us Indiana girls, we just love you. And he's like, Oh, you Indiana girls. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. And another interesting thing, like, obviously you start doing makeup, you're probably, when you're young, you're just doing your own makeup, maybe your friends. And then you say, you, like you were saying, you did some weddings. So you're obviously mostly doing women. When you start doing makeup on men, was that kind of like a learning curve? Is there like a much different approach when you're doing makeup for men versus women, obviously, or? With men, um, not really. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, when I look at men, I try to imagine them as, again, the most perfect version of themselves. Like, how would I even out their skin tone so that it's the same? How would I add any kind of shadowing or contouring where it just would look like the most perfect version of themselves? Mm. So, um, no, it's it's hard when people have drinking problems. I can spot, like, an alcoholic a mile away. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Um, or smokers, you know, the lips. Oh, just their skin and stuff. Yeah. Or like when people have allergies, sometimes they have really deep circles under their eyes. So Mm -hmm. there are certain things that are tougher to deal with than others. But, um, but yeah, it is, it's, it's, it's usually faster with men. Yep. 
That's what I figured. Unless they have one of those problems I'm talking about. No, it's interesting. Yeah, because I saw on Instagram too, you worked with Pedro Martinez, the legendary Hall of Fame pitcher. Yeah, it was it was really cool. I was kind of curious, what was that for? Is that you were just kind of doing makeup for like the baseball, the like ESPN show or something? Or what was that all about? No, I have been uh, working with Major League Baseball for five or six years as their like West Coast makeup artist. Wow. Yeah. So not only, I mean, you name it, I've worked with them. So you just go like whenever they're broadcasting to so you, like just the makeup person for whatever, what's their big, I think it's like Sunday night baseball or something, or no. you go, or you go to all the games or. No, no, that's, that's all taped in New Jersey. Got it. Um, but when they're on the West coast, like the all-star games or um, like they had the winter meetings here in San Diego in December um, when the, um, when the Dodgers were in the world series, the world baseball classic, all that stuff. Wow. Uh, funny that you brought it up because the all-star game that's coming up in July is my one job for the year that hasn't been canceled. Oh, that, that I've been reading cause I'm a big baseball fan. I've been reading it every day. Like the whole negotiations, like it doesn't even sound like they're going to play like the players and the owners just can't get on the same page. Like some of the biggest stars, like Scherzer, one of the pitchers for the nationals is just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even talking to these guys anymore. So it's kind of a bummer, but yeah, it's yeah wild. I don't know what's going to happen with, that but you know it just seems like the longer it goes on the more kill fee they're gonna have to pay us. oh yeah because well, you're already under contract then huh yeah. all right well that's good you get a little money i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a bummer um, yeah, but I, have a lot of, I mean you asked i know baseball like i have baseball coming out my ears it's actually more baseball than i have ever wanted in my life that's amazing. So you get to do their makeup and then you kind of just get to be around for these games. Like you're at the World Series and you kind of just get to stay and watch it pretty much. I sat in the press box with uh, Matt Vescursion and like John Smoltz. Wow. Yeah. John Smoltz, no big deal. Just a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Hall of Famer. Honestly, I love, I love Matt Vescursion too, but Pedro is, oh, he is a dream. I love that guy. He is such a gentleman. He's such yep. a fun fact. He is, he is the sweetest. Yeah, yeah I couldn't adore him more. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, this this career path has brought you some interesting places. Like, <laughs> when you look back, I'm sure it's pretty hard, but, like, what are kind of some of the jobs that kind of stick out in your mind as, like, memorable, maybe because you got to travel somewhere interesting or learn something? Um, I know we talked about the body issue stuff, but is there anything else that kind of is, like, when you look back at everything you've done, is kind of like a highlight for you, you think, or you're, like, particularly proud of? Um, oh yeah, I do have a funny story. Um, and I, I did an Instagram story about this about a month ago, but, uh, so I was actually in the room when Kim Kardashian and Kanye West met. Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you could have sold, you could have sold those photos to like People Magazine, been a millionaire. <laughs> it's like the great love story of our time. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was there when the whole thing started. Um, we were doing a pilot for Comedy Central and called alligator boots it had originally been called the kanye show but i think kanye had a dream about okay. uh how he needed to change the title of it to alligator boots yep so it was an adult muppet show and we shot it at the henson lot on la brea in la and which was so cool to be like surrounded by all the original muppets and see where everything happened but um uh, it was in 2008, I think, and um, I had to dress Kim up like Princess Leia, and uh, I had to make and Kanye had to like give him Spock ears or something. I don't really remember, but it was it, there was a whole Star Wars theme to it. But it was it was really funny, and I do have a couple of pictures that are hilarious. And I was actually about four months pregnant. Okay. While we all the pictures were being taken. It was so hot. And I just, I really couldn't look any grosser in these pictures. But there I am with Kim and Kanye. How was how it working with Kanye? Because everything you read about him, he seems like he's just like, he's got his finger on everything. Was he like very particular about how he wanted stuff? Or like, was he hard to deal with? He wasn't hard to deal with at all. The only thing that I even remember, and I can't blame him for this, is that there was a shot where he had a ball gag in his mouth. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember that I had to put the ball gag in Connie's mouth and then he was like oh, oh. and so he, I took it out and he said it, this is before iPhones were a big thing and taking pictures all the time but he said I want everybody's cell phones off I don't want anybody to take a picture of this get like you know 
And so that was the only thing. And then I put the ball gag back in his mouth. And <laughs> I think you can find all these pictures on YouTube. All right. Somewhere. That's it's hilarious. Like, you got an interesting job. Like one day you could have to be like shaving some persons for the oh, yeah. body issue. The next oh, yeah. day you're putting a ball gag in Kanye West's mouth. <laughs> I've only had to shave one person for the body issue. And I'm not going to say who it was. But... That, that must have been terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who are, who have been like some of your you've gotten to work with like some legendary photographers i know you worked with joe pug last year from the body issue um great guy but who are kind of some of your favorite photographers you've gotten to collaborate with you think um joe is awesome he is the nicest guy and a, he's another collaborator um i would i mean i wouldn't say they're all as collaborative as joe or richard um but peter yang he's he's oh yeah awesome we were actually on a shoot for espn when everything fell apart in march and these pictures that we we did still haven't seen the light of day so I, i'm not gonna say who the talent was all right we were in arizona and we all started getting calls that our kids schools were being canceled and had to come back and yep. um but anyway i love peter i've worked with him a couple times four or five times now. Um, Sophie Holland is really amazing. Oh, we yeah, I had, I had her on the podcast. She's like so smart, like uh, talented, like her work's amazing. Like her whole career path is interesting because she didn't start as a photographer. Like she worked as like, I think was she like art director and then she worked at like an agency and then kind of like just built her, her stuff's incredible. Yeah. She's just a badass. She really is. She's, she's got a real presence when she walks into a room and yep. I love strong women like that. Um, Martin Scholler, I worked with him last year or two years ago. It was really good. Mark Seliger, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Damn. So Peter Happick. Oh. oh yeah. Peter Happick. Yeah. His stuff's amazing. Um, yeah, that must be interesting. Cause you get to see, I'm kind of jealous cause you get to see how all these different photographers approach their sets. Like being that you worked on so many, um, different like body issues in particular and gotten to see how different photographers approach it. Uh, have you noticed like certain things photographers do on that shoot just to kind of put people at ease? Like are some people like uh, playing music or like, what have you kind of noticed getting to see so many different people's approaches to photographing like, that type of work, I guess. I can't overstate how important music is. Mm -hmm. I really think it can make and break a shoot. And I've, like when I'm with ESPN, that Nick Gallic and Karen Frank, I feel like I always try to get a vibe from the talent of what they want to listen to. And then I make sure that we have somebody on top of the playlist. Like, yeah. you know, we need to find this, this artist, this artist, find a playlist that's got all that, because I know that that can really just kind of set the tone for the day. We actually had a shoot last year that wasn't going very well and I blame the music. Oh, really? Yeah. Just, the people were this kind of this didn't have the energy, the spunk on yeah. set pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had to kind of reconvene because it was frustrating for everybody. And um, I think once we switched it up a little bit, it really, it really started to change. Good. This is my, that's why I say good music and good catering. That's the name of the game right there. <laughs> for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, I guess to kind of wrap up, like you've been doing this for a while, like what advice would you kind of give to people that want to get into this kind of career path? Like what are kind of some skill sets they should have or like what kind of advice would you give to them to kind of get their foot in the door if they want to kind of work on like productions via video or still shoots, you think? Um, the first thing that came to mind is to have an inclusive kit. You want to have colors in your makeup that are good for every single skin tone. Um, I still have models and talent of color who show up with their own makeup because so many makeup artists don't have an inclusive kit. Okay. They only have makeup for white people. Oh, wow. That's really not an excuse ever. Yeah, yeah that seems crazy. People would show up. That's like, that's like a photographer only showed up with like, I don't know, one lens or something. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And it's, it's a shame. And it's like, just yes. silly. You need to have an inclusive kit. You yep. need to also with the hair, you know, you, um, I work with a couple barbers in town. They've been really cool about letting me come in and shadow them and learn different styling techniques with black hair. Okay. Right? Um, so, you know, just keep learning and, you know, go out of your comfort zone and, and, you know, I, learn I, I have a million different types of oil i'm always looking for the perfect oil to get the perfect sheen yeah. whenever we shoot um, body like 
you know, just always stay curious, always stay looking. Um, don't ever get too comfortable, yeah. I guess. And, uh, oh, sorry, what? No, that's smart. I noticed like doing the research for this on YouTube, there is a ton of makeup like tutorial sites. So they're like, do you check out any of those? Are there any good ones that you might recommend or anything? Because I know there's like a ton of them. It was interesting. Like check, I, I watched a bunch of the videos last night trying to learn more about makeup artists. <laughs> yeah, those kids are very talented. They have a lot of time to put into these tutorials and the production's pretty good on it. So yeah. yes, I do. I don't have anybody in particular that I watch. It's usually like a certain skill that I'm looking for. Yep. And I'll search for that, watch a YouTube video. The most videos I watch are on Instagram from the brands themselves. Okay. They have brand ambassadors that show you how to use the products from different brands. Mm -hmm. So I'm more likely to watch that. That's Mark. You can see what new products they got coming out okay. and things like that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they're really, really talented makeup artists. So, um, yeah, and a lot of hair. I have an 11 year old daughter and she loves doing hair. So, we like practice on each other's hair a lot. So, it's that's really awesome. nice to have a little model that's always there for me. No, that's amazing. Well, uh, Aaron, this is like a real pleasure talking to you. Like I said, I, I've been wanting to do this for a while. I'm glad it worked out. Like, kind of um, getting to talk to a makeup artist because, like, as you know, like working on these productions, it really is like a team effort um, to make like a, the final good product. It's not just one person. It's like everyone kind of comes together. So I'm kind of got glad I got to talk to you, kind of hear more about your world. Um, but I guess for people listening, if they want to like check out more of your work, um, where's the best place for them to go? Uh, you can go to my website. You can contact me through email on there. It's um, my name.com, Aaron's okay. false ad. Um, my tragic Instagram uh, <laughs> yeah, get get posting on there. You got so many good stories. Like you got the ball gag story. You got the body <laughs> stuff. The skate posted, Tom, hey, whatever. You got stories for days. But yeah, I do have stories for days. Um, yeah, I should. Yeah, again, anybody want to help me out? Hit me up. Um, yep. yeah. So yeah, Instagram's just my name, Aaron Spalstad, and um, I think that's kind of it. I'm sorry you looked at LinkedIn. I don't think I even know my password anymore. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Well, uh, Aaron, I can't thank you enough. And uh, yeah, I'll send you the link when everything comes about, comes out. And uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you so much. Definitely. Take care. Have a good okay. weekend. You too. Bye-bye. So there you have it. That was the Aaron's Falstead interview. I just want to thank Aaron so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure kind of hearing about um, her craft and everything she's worked on over the course of her career. Uh, like I said, I was really excited to get a, a hair and makeup artist on the podcast. Um, they're a big uh, element that goes into photo production. So it was really um, interesting kind of hearing everything she's worked on. Uh, so I can't thank her enough. Um, definitely go check out Aaron's we website at aaronsfallstad.com as well as her Instagram at aaronsfallstad. Uh, lots of cool photos up there, different projects she's worked on. Um, I'll put the link in the description, but definitely go give her a follow. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.